Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, we are joined by returning guest, Austin Green, 3-0 professional MMA fighter uh, fighting out of Atlanta, Georgia. Really appreciate Austin coming on today. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. We're going to head to the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line now, where I am joined by returning guest and longtime friend of the Kelly Patrick Show. We are joined by Austin Green, the bodyguard, Austin Green. Austin, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing very well. Austin, I feel privileged. I was kind of there at the beginning of your, your combat sports journey, as far as I know. I remember doing commentary in 2018 for your fight against Miles Mims. You've come uh, quite a, a long way since then. Could you give our, our listeners an update? I mean, shit, you are doing bodyguard work with celebrities. You are uh, inside the, the ring doing professional wrestling against the giant. I know he's not called the giant when you when you went against him. Um, oh shit! And also, you're a professional heavyweight MMA fighter sitting at three and zero. What's the update you can give to the Kelly Patrick Show audience? Uh, just trying to trying to do do a little bit of everything, I guess. Just mainly right now, just the focusing on fighting and like the bodyguard work. That's just keep the bills paid until I can start making the real money fighting. And that I mean, that's the goal right now. Is just to continue focusing on fighting, wrestling, I do that as well. That's 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 fun to do on the side every now and then. But mainly the goal is is fighting and just chasing that UFC UFC contract right now. Okay, um, you. What's the highest you've ever stepped into an MMA cage weighing? Uh, my second pro fight, I was. I want to say I was three forty five, almost three fifty. Okay, and I remember that I was, <laughs> I was cage side. That was back when 
Hard Rock had the relatively very small cage. You were in there against Corey Stewart. I was cage side, and that cage felt like it was going to collapse. You guys were, you know, that was a three-round fight. You won, of course, in the third round via stoppage. But, I mean, that was a fucking battle. Um, what do you remember about that fight against Corey Stewart? Oh, man, I remember he hit very, he hit hard. And I remember just how tired we both were going into that third round. And it was almost to the point where I was sitting on the stool just thinking, like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I was that tired where I was just honestly second guessing fighting because I was like, I was just exhausted going into that fight. Then coming into that third round, I was like, all right, no, I got to, I got too many people watching. Like, I can't go out like that. I got to come out. I got to, got to pull myself together and, and, and try to get this win by any means necessary. Okay, and of course, that was back in 2019. 345 or 350 is the highest you've ever stepped into the MMA cage weighing. What's the least you've ever stepped into the cage weighing, or at least the least that you have weighed in at uh, prior to an MMA fight? Uh, my most recent fight was at, I weighed in at 260, 268 or 269.5. Okay, so you were That's that, what I weighed. that close to being at 265. How... Um, how realistic is it for you to be able to get down to 265 going forward? Oh, now it's, it's, it's definitely, that's the, that's the weight class I'll be fighting at. It's heavyweight now because right now I'm trying to keep my weight. I'm right now I'm, I'm sitting at about 295 right now. So I'm trying to just get the weight down to an even 275, 270. And that'll be where I walk around at. So heavyweight, that's, I'll be able to make that 10 pound cut easily. Okay. I love it. Um, what is the coolest moment you have had doing your bodyguard work so far? Uh, uh coolest moment. Because I know you're around a lot of celebrities, a lot of musicians, and, and not just like uh, regional musicians. I mean, what, what's the what's the, the the most famous person you've got to spend time with? Did I see with Lil Wayne? Yeah, I was. I did a show with Lil Wayne before. I've done a show with a. Uh, uh, I went to did a couple of bodyguard things with Lil Baby, and also on this week, just last weekend, I got to be in the room with one of my favorite one of my favorite actors, Michael J. White. So that was that was that was a cool moment for me, just to be able to be in the room with one of my all time favorite actors. Wow! Did you get to talk to him? No, nah, I didn't get a chance to talk to him because I was working with somebody else. So I didn't want to. Yeah. I don't want to lose my job with that person that's trying to talk to somebody else. So. Sure. How does the hierarchy go in the world of being a bodyguard? Is there like, um, you know, there's famous bodyguards in the in the in your world who they, they are kind of go tos for the top names in the industry. And then I'd imagine, as you said there, if you you know if you get to be annoying, like you're always trying to ask for autographs and stuff like that, I'd imagine they don't call you back. But how does that work? Yeah, so like there's there's guys that have been with like certain people for their entire careers, they're like their go-to guys, which is honestly, as a bodyguard, that's what you want. You want to have just that one client where you're with them, 20, almost, not, I want to say 24-7, but all the time because that, that's good money coming in. But like, as far, I'm sorry, what was, you said, what was the question? Yeah, again? How, how, do you get, how does it work? So I get, I get it that, that the ideal spot is if you, you know, you hit it off with, um, you know, pink, 
or something like that or some big musician or, you know, someone like that, they'll hire you basically full time. But how does it work beyond that? Is there, does it work in the reverse? So like you said, you didn't want to, um, you didn't want to annoy, uh, uh, Michael J. White. Um, you didn't want to, uh, uh, you know, just ask him questions about martial arts and shit like that. So he didn't invite you back or anything like that. But is that how it works? Some people have big opportunities and then they're kind of annoying and they, they kind of fuck it up. Have you seen that? happen? Yeah. I've seen that happen a lot. Like certain guys, they'll just, they'll, they'll be a fan before they're, they're a security guard. So they'll try to fan out and be like, they try to be fan. Like they'll try to be a fan of the person more than they want to be the security guard. And I've watched it a couple of times just with like when I go to clubs with certain art, with certain people and I'll, I'll always look at the security of the event and see how they act because I might, next time we go back to that event, I might want to use one of those guards to help me out. And, and I'm, I'm always looking to see, okay, who can I rely on if we do come back to this event or if I do come back to this city, who can I rely on? I always look at the other guards. If I see people that are, not doing their job properly or they're just trying to be more of a fan than a guard, then I'll keep that mental note like, okay, I don't want to be around this person or I won't call this person or just stuff like that. Now, back, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. What were you saying, Austin? Are you good? Are you, I was just going to say because somebody's, somebody's always watching, whether it's the managers are watching or the artist is watching, like somebody's always watching. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't, what do you make the most money from pro MMA, pro wrestling or being a bodyguard? Uh, right now it's being a bodyguard because on a good, on a good weekend, like if I go out of town with somebody on a good weekend, I can make anywhere from 2,500 to three grand in three or four days. So that's, like, like, that's pretty that's good. A good. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, that's a pretty good weekend. Like MMA, the money's starting to the pay is getting a little better because I'm winning fights still. And, Eventually, I know my manager said I got maybe a couple more fights, and then they're gonna—they're really gonna start trying to push me to the UFC. So then those checks will really start being decent. Now, your most recent MMA fight was against Antoine Phillips. Okay, listed as the the Giant Slayer. Stepping into the cage with you, he was three and zero as an MMA fighter. He beat Cameron Kinzig as an amateur. I mean, looking back, that was a, a very, arguably, probably the most impressive win thus far of your career. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Just the, the opponent who I fought, his reputation, his record, his resume, and then how fast it happened. Like, it was definitely uh, uh, one of the most, probably the most important fight in my career so far. Did you ever dream you'd be sitting at 3-0 and as a pro MMA fighter, or did you see this coming, or, or is it catching you off guard? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I kind of did see myself as, like, 3-0 and is, is very reasonable because I know that the, the skills that I possess and I know how hard I work in the gym and the guys that I train with are all top-level guys, so they're always pushing me to, to get to that next level. So I just knew it was only a matter of time. Just once I found the right opponents, finally get my weight down to where I need it to be, so my cardio feels good. My like my, my grappling, my striking, everything's getting better each day by day. So I, I kind of seen it coming. 
Who, thus far in your martial arts journey, who have you learned the most from? If you had to choose one person you picked up the most when it comes to fighting MMA, is there anyone in particular you've picked up or absorbed the most uh, skill or information from? Uh, right now, it's my coach, Doug, Doug Usher. You know, he was the he's the number one ranked middleweight in in Georgia, and he right now he's a thirteen and four professional fighter. He was on a nine fight win streak before his most recent fight, and like he's the one that teaches me trains MMA. He helps me out with my grappling, my striking, my cage work. Like every like these past couple years of just working with him has really elevated my game to like a whole like there's still parts of my game that I haven't even got a chance to use in the fight yet but I'm waiting to just be able to show off but but he's helped me out a tremendous amount and does he corner you for your fights uh he's he cornered me for my last fight it's kind of hard for him to get out to like when I do travel out of like for the regional events it's hard because he's got two kids Mm-hmm. Plus, he's got a wife and stuff like that. So, it's hard for him to kind of get out and travel, plus his day-to-day job. So, he has he, he was there to corner me for my last fight, which was a big confidence booster for me. Now, you fought for multiple promotions uh, throughout your MMA career. Actually, looking back over it, I think you fought basically for the B2 Fighting Series. And then you fought in 2020. I think I watched that uh, fight on pay-per-view, actually, uh, for Showcase Showcase MMA that was in Tennessee. But what are your thoughts on the B2 Fighting Series? They've continually seemed to upgrade their production value and everything. Would you agree with that, that it's a a great place to be right up until the point you make the next step to a a much larger promotion? Oh, yeah, I love, like, the B2 Fighting Series is awesome because, I mean, I've pretty much been fighting with Hard Rock my whole career besides that one fight. And like, I've told plenty of people, like, I don't want to fight for no other regional promotion. If it's not the B2, like, I don't want to, like the other local promotions, I've been getting fight offers, but it's just hard for me not, because I know the level of professionalism and I know what B2 brings, that it's even hard to want to fight anywhere else. Because I know B2, they'll, they'll, they're going to take care of me. They're going to make sure I'm good. And then just, Everything runs so smooth that, like, I can't ask for a better local promotion to start fighting under. Okay. Um, Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, the B2 Fighting Series, maybe if you were to really claw and scratch here and there, you may be able to get slightly uh, larger payout on occasion if you just went for the biggest payout. But with the B2 Fighting Series, it's just extremely... um, consistent you know what you're going to get you show up you know they're going to pay you what they say they're going to pay you and then you get a great video great commentary alex hacker and now uh what is it smiling sam alvey i mean they do great work with the commentary great interviews before and after i agree with you i think the b2 fighting series is fucking killing it and has been for a while now but it just keeps getting better it definitely it's definitely grooming the the fighters to get ready for those big promotions with like the pre-fight interviews, the just even when like they come do like the like the breakdowns and they like I know they they sent some guys to our gym to do like pre-fight hype videos and stuff like that. Like just all that stuff. They they're pretty much grooming you for the next level, and that's that's what I like the most is that they really prepare you for that next. Like when you go to the UFC or Bellator or the PFL or something like that. 
Now, I think you had an issue where when you were fighting at super heavyweight, there was plenty of people who were calling you out, uh, wanting to fight you at heavyweight. And now that you're basically down at heavyweight, a lot of those people aren't aren't quite uh, challenging you as much. Has anyone been talking a lot of shit to you and trying to get you in the cage? Or, or do you have any thoughts on anyone who's, who's challenging you? And is that still an issue for you, Austin, where, where people constantly want to get in there with you and then they kind of back off? Well, now, like, it's kind of, it's funny because I did make a post, like, when I was a super heavyweight, there was a lot of heavyweights that were fighting and, like, a lot of heavyweights that were active. And now that I'm, I, I'm at heavyweight pretty much, like, now it's guys wanting to go down to 205 and like nobody's it's pretty much quiet. Like I haven't seen a heavyweight fight on any of the cards at the professional level since I became a heavyweight. And before then there was almost at least one, a card or one, every other card and heavyweights were active. And now it seems like now that I'm here, like a lot of the heavyweights are trying to go down to 205 or they're not active or I mean, cause I don't really, I don't really get the see the messages between the bookers and what other guys are trying to match me with. I just know when I'm I've been trying to get a fight for like the past two months and it's been pretty much radio silence. Is there anyone on your radar, anyone you would like to fight in the future sometime soon? Well, there's a fight right now that is in the works. We haven't got contracts sent out yet, so I, I mean I don't really want to speak too much on it. So I don't want to jinx it, but it's definitely a big, it's going to be a big fight. It's a fight for me. And it's definitely, it's in the works for sure. Like we, I've agreed on it. I've heard the opponents agreed on it. Now we're just waiting on the contracts to, to get sent out. And once those get sent out and then Hard Rock posts a flyer, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Is that a name that the, the listeners of the Kelly Patrick show uh, are probably familiar with? Uh, Possibly. Okay. Possibly. I, I mean, I'm not sure if it's they, – they might if they've been keeping a, keeping an eye on the BT fighting series the past couple of months. They, they should know who, who okay. the opponent is. Okay. And that's at heavyweight, so 265, not super heavyweight, right? Yep, 265. I love it. Well, Austin, uh, you've got great stuff going on every time I turn around. I mean, to actually tell me – how did it go when you when you did the wrestling match against Paul White? Is that his, what his name was? Uh, yeah, the big Paul White. Show, Paul White uh, was he pretty nice? Yeah, he was actually cool. He like he's super cool. It was funny because he he knew he knows I'm a professional fighter, so when we were in the back, like kind of going over everything. He was like, he told me he didn't want to chop me too hard because he didn't want me to actually hit him for real and like beat him up. And I was like, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do all that. But like, he's actually pretty cool. He did say he wanted to work with me some more in the future. So that's a big compliment. Just, just for me coming from a hall of famer that he still wants to work with me some more in the future while he's still got the energy in. him. How would you describe it? Why is he not in the WWE anymore? Or is he? I uh, know he's part of AEW. Why is that? He, I guess he left the WWE and then AEW signed him picked him up and I never got to actually ask him why he left, but right now he's a part of AEW and he's been helping them out and he's been helping the younger guys come up as well. Okay. Very cool. Um, any other talks, um, that, that you have, 
about doing some big big shows or big opportunities within the world of pro wrestling? Or I mean, long term, you could make a case. You know, you are what twenty eight years old now. Twenty eight years old, yes. Um, yep. All right. So let's say when you're thirty eight years old or forty eight years old, you could still be doing professional wrestling uh, up until a, 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 an older age on average than what people do for MMA. So is that, is that a part of your long-term plans is to be able to rake in some cash doing professional wrestling for the long run? Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, as a, as a kid, I grew up wanting to be a professional wrestler and I know though, like your career as a big man in professional wrestling can last a lot longer than some of the smaller guys. because we don't take as much bumps. We don't take as much punishment as those smaller guys. So we can, go for a lot longer. I mean, just look at the big show. He's been wrestling 20-something, almost 30 years now, and he's still going, making the big money. So, yeah, that's definitely, I want to build that, def, get that get that case going. Okay. Um, great stuff, Austin. Well, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, do you have anything else coming up? I mean, like I said, you're so busy. You're, you're there back at home in, in Georgia. Uh, is that where you're at now? Is Georgia? Yeah, Georgia. You you plan on staying in Georgia probably th- for the long run, right? Uh, for the most part, hopefully. If this this rent keeps rising, I'm like, y'all might see me back in Kentucky here before you know it. Is the rent the pre- way these, Is the rent pretty high there in Georgia? Yeah, it's super high, unnecessarily high. Hmm, interesting. And, and, uh, and <laughs> it wasn't so much in in E Town. Nah, E Town was. Uh, was actually very compared to the, the rent here. What I was paying in Etown for one month, or no, the rent here is what I was paying for two months living in Etown. Almost wow. three, probably three months. That's how it's getting crazy. Where do you live in Georgia? I live thirty minutes south of Atlanta. Okay, so right in Atlanta would be even more probably, right? Yeah, Atlanta's re- like you're looking at a uh, regular one bedroom apartments, two grand almost. And where you're at right now, it's more like what one thousand fifteen hundred for one bedroom apartment. Yeah, for a one bedroom, a two bedroom, you're looking at about seventeen, eighteen. Damn, which is ridiculous. Wow, it's wild to to hear that type of stuff. My buddy Isaac is um, from Hawaii, and he told me the other day that some of his friends are telling him, and in Hawaii right now, a one or two bedroom apartment where he's from in Hawaii is between 3500 and 4500 a month. And I'm just thinking, like, what the f- fuck? Who, you know, who, who can afford that shit to pay that for rent? It's crazy. Exactly. That is ridiculous. I won't be uh, moving to Hawaii no time soon. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Austin, I really appreciate it. Um, any shout-outs you'd like to mention? I don't know, for sponsors or your gym teammates. And actually, before we get to those shout-outs, before we wrap up the episode, do you get to train with anyone as big as you in Georgia? Uh, we got a couple guys that are, that are like, decently my size. Most of them are, like, between, like, 240 to 250. So there's not, like, a lot of big over 265 guys. Like, we got a couple. Like, I, I've been training with a lot with uh, Scott Barrett. He's about 290. Chris Barnett. He's in the UFC. He's about 270, 275. I get to train with the uh, OSP whenever he's in town. You know, he's about 240-ish, 235-ish. And then we got a couple guys that are in the over 200s. So 
I mean, we got a decent sized pool of guys, but like it's you just got to travel. It's a lot of traveling to get to training with those with those guys. Gotcha. Okay, Austin. Before we wrap things up, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give? I don't know to your current gym or any sponsors or anything like that. Oh uh, yeah, I want to shout out to my sponsors, Lux Jewelers. My boy, the Diamond Sheik, he's been helping me out my since since we met. He's been sponsoring me. Uh, Macro Mills, they've been helping me out with my just trying to get the weight down, my diet. He's been my pretty much uh, my boy Jeff has been my nutrition coach, and he's been staying on me constantly about just keeping him check uh, checking in on my weight, making sure I'm where I need to be. Uh, want to shout out to the gym, Independent MMA, uh, MMA and Fitness of Noonan, Georgia. You know, my teammates, Mad Mike, Doug Usher, Chris Timms, Ty Miller. Actually, Tyler's fighting in a couple couple weeks. He's a solid 125-er. Just, yeah, shout out to everybody. I love it. Once again, Austin Green, the bodyguard, I appreciate your time. Best of luck in the future, and you know everybody here in Kentucky is, is cheering for you to keep this unblemished professional record uh, going, Austin. We, you have our support. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to The Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon.